Welcome to the NBA Culture Podcast. I'm your host, Harvey Banks. Today is Monday, February 22nd, 2021. On the docket today, a couple different topics. I'm going to try to move quickly through a couple of them because I want to spend some time on something. Uh, we're going to touch on Brooklyn. The success they had out West cannot be denied. Even more so when you think about that they didn't have KD. We're going to talk a little bit about the Clippers. Who are they? Are they who we thought they were? Still? I don't think we really know. Are they the favorites in the West? Lakers? Injuries? Resting? Does it matter? Does it not matter? Regular season? I don't know. I got a couple teams I want to throw out as sleepers in both East and West. But I want to spend the bulk of the time kind of discussing what the fuck is going on in Minnesota. What happened How does it happen? Is it appropriate? Should it be happening? All of that. It's the NBA Culture Podcast. I'm your host, Harvey Banks. Let's play some music and kind of set this vibe a little bit better. you guys get tired of me talking about Brooklyn but hey at this point I can't not like I can't not I hate when people say that I can't not talk about Brooklyn Brooklyn just completed a five game set out west where they pretty much went out there and beat all the best teams in the western conference and they did so without Kevin Durant in four of the five games that can't be ignored that can't be ignored this team definitely still has their defensive issues But I think they're going to work those out as time goes on. But when it comes to like the offense, we just got to give James Harden his credit. And I know we don't like to give James Harden credit because y'all in the Internet world just don't like James Harden. And I understand that I was kind of on y'all side for a while. But like I came over to the, the smart side. Right. James Harden has had success with this team. When it was James Harden, Kevin Durant without Kyrie. When it's been James Harden, Kyrie without Kevin Durant. In that equation, James Harden is the common denominator. This dude is the most important net that there is. He has played exceedingly well. And they have figured this thing out a little faster than I expected them to. Because I don't know if you guys were around you young bucks that be on me on Twitter. I don't know if you remember the first year of the Miami big three with Bosch, Wade, and LeBron. It was shaky for about a month and a half, right? Maybe even two months. So like the expectation nowadays is that you could just throw talent together and it's supposed to work 
from the jump. But, you know, people that's been around this game for a little bit, we understand that that just doesn't work. It just doesn't work like that. And it's going to take time. And I knew it was going to take time, but I must admit, it feels that they're ahead of that curve. And they're ahead of that curve because of James Harden's willingness and ability to shift his game and his mindset. And he did it from the jump. Point guard James Harden is the best point guard in the NBA, period. I don't give a, I don't give a shit who you're going to name. Steph Curry's amazing. Legendary. Change the game. James Harden is ridiculous right now. So much so, everybody knows that Kyrie is a big personality. He is very, very confident in who he is. He is very strong-willed. James Harden's been playing so well that Kyrie approached James Harden and said, hey, bro, you got it. You the point guard, I'm the shooting guard. You got it. And everybody's bought into that. And I think that's what's got them so ahead of the curve is that you just can't deny it, man. Like this dude, James Harden, is putting everyone in the best position for them to win. Uh, Is it Bruce Brown? I don't even know who that dude was before this year. James Harden got him looking like the second coming of P.J. Tucker. And y'all might think that's that's a slight. That's not a slight. Like, I I fucks with PJ Tucker, and that's I don't say that shit lightly. Like, James Harden has everyone on the Nets playing better basketball, and it's crazy to think that Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant could be playing better than we've seen them. But Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, when he's healthy and out there, has been they've been better than we've seen them. KD shook off an Achilles injury like it was nothing. He's so comfortable on the floor. They look to they seem to be having a good time. Kyrie is playing so free as the two guard. They're a problem. Brooklyn's a problem. And I would have felt like a fraud if I didn't come on here and at least acknowledge it. Right. Now, like I said, I'm not going to spend a bunch of time on Brooklyn. I just want to throw it out there that if y'all didn't hate James Harden so much, y'all would be talking about him in that MVP conversation. But again, I understand why you're not. And it's it's cool. One day you're going to learn to not be a hater. Um, <laughs> the numbers are there. What do they say? Men lie. Women lie. The numbers don't. James Harden for MVP. The numbers ain't lying. But y'all don't like him. So it's cool. Now, they're coming off of a victory against the Clippers in which, let's be honest, they probably shouldn't have won the game. But a couple questionable calls down the stretch and they they got it done they got it done point blank period right but it had me thinking and it's like uh i thought this openly last year too i was like i know who the clippers are i know who paul george is and i know who Kawhi leonard and i I like when i say know who they are i know what they're gonna bring to the table and it's just like i never knew if that was gonna be enough even last year Prior to the bubble and all, like, I was just like, I don't know. And I find myself this year kind of feeling the same way. That they don't quite know whose team it is or what their what their final identity is going to be. They defend the ball really, really well. But that's because you got Kawhi and you got Paul George and you got annoying little Patrick Beverly, right? These are really not little, but you know what I'm saying. 
They defend the ball really well. Um, and they got guys that can go get buckets, but they don't seem to have worked out the dynamic that the Nets have worked out. <laughs> We're gonna put the ball in James's hands because he's gonna know who to who to put the whose hands to put the ball in when it matters, or to just keep it. Paul George still defers to Kawhi Leonard. And for the most part, that makes sense. Like Kawhi's a great player, but there are some matchups that I believe. This situation, Paul George needs to have the ball. And there was two possessions late, probably about, well, about six minutes left in the fourth quarter when they were going on the run that it was clear that they were like, Paul George just wanted to get Kawhi the ball and kind of get out of his way. And it almost seemed as if like they've had discussions about this or something. I don't know. Like he he got rid of the ball real fast and Early in the game, he he wasn't doing that. He was kind of looking for his own shot. And then when we get to the the minutes restriction, I don't know if they ever said, because I didn't stay up for post game, but like it's a close game with two minutes left. And Paul George is taken out of the game and just kept out of the game. And even Van Gundy and Mark Jackson was like, if this is a minute restriction thing, like, fam, it's two minutes left. Like, what are we, what are we talking? What are we doing right now? This is winning time. And if so, if you have him on a hard minutes plan, why would you not plan to have those minutes at the end of the game? It's a a bunch of weird. It was just weird, right? And Paul George also was standing on the sideline, almost looking like he was shocked too. Like maybe he knew there was a minute plan, but I don't know. I don't know. It, It was just, it was odd. Now it's early in the regular season, so I don't want to put a bunch into it. Maybe to them, it doesn't matter as much. These games just don't matter as much to the Clippers as it does to others, but that seemed like a very winnable game to me. And I ain't saying they gave it up because they were down big and they came back, but it's the NBA, man. Anytime you got a chance to go out and get a win, you do it. Simple as that. And I think we talked about that last podcast when it came to like resting players and things like that and the integrity of the game. Anytime you, it's winning time, it's winning time. I don't, I don't really care about any. The optics don't look good. And that's only very important because the NBA is the league that cares about how things look. It's how they got to be the success that they are now. How things look. And to me, this just didn't look good. Now, luckily for <laughs> the Clippers. Minnesota pretty much came through and was like, hey, hold my beer. Let's really fuck this night around, right? So the Timberwolves played against the Knicks. The Knicks win the game. I watched the whole game, obviously, because I'm a Knicks fan. The Knicks had a big double-digit lead late, lost it, came back, ended up being a really close game. And, you know, the Knicks pulled it out. Not too long after the game, it's announced that Minnesota had fired the coach. Anytime you fire a coach mid-season, it's not is it even it's not even mid-season yet, really. But like it's early, it's mad early, right? It doesn't look good. And so usually the obvious steps after this a mid-season firing is whoever was the lead assistant usually walks right into the interim role. 
and you just go. Because sometimes, listen, I'm not an owner of a team, but as an owner of a business, sometimes you have to make changes at times that aren't ideal for to make the changes, right? It's just kind of what's needed. And they were at a point where, yeah, it's probably just needed. And um, so they decided to make the change. I'm not shitting on the ownership or the management for making the change. It's what we learned after that really, I don't know why, but it rubs me the wrong way. So after we learned that they fired head coach, we then learned that they had already hired his replacement. Now that could be normal if it was an in-house hiring. It's not. It wasn't the obvious promotion that we thought would take place. They hired an assistant from Toronto. Now, the NBA has a bunch of rules when it comes to tampering with players under contract, all this. Pretty sure they have rules when it comes to coaching and interviewing coaches as well, because college even has that. Having to get permissions, all this stuff. So to announce the hiring means that behind the scenes, some interviewing must have been taking place and negotiating for your next coach. Do you know how messy that looks that behind your current coach's back, you had already interviewed and hired his replacement? Now, we couldn't hear more coming out about the story and how much Coach Saunders knew about it. But it seems right now on the surface that he didn't know either. That's messy. That's messy behavior for an organization. You are called an organization because of how you do things. Because there are systems in place to maintain this thing moving forward, right? And it's why there's rules in place for tampering and all this stuff when it comes to players, because that could get super messy. If there were no tampering rules, although there's a lot of ways to get around it now, right? But if there were no tampering rules, it could get it'll get messy, and that's not a good look for the NBA. That's why these rules are in place. So Draymond Green last week in a post game pretty much went out and called the NBA on its own bullshit. And on his double standards, because the Cleveland Cavaliers came out and announced that, hey, we're looking to trade Andre Drummond. He's healthy. He's good. But we're not going to play him until we do. So now Andre Drummond is just in street clothes. And the product looks weird because everybody knows he's going to get traded. Hopefully, because he's just not playing. And it's like, there should be rules against that as well. It's just not a good look. It's not a good look. It's not a good look for Andre Drummond. It's not a good look for the team. But if Andre Drummond were to come out and say, hey, I'm demanding a trade and I'm not going to play until I get traded, i.e. Anthony Davis, the media would kill him as they did Anthony Davis. Now, Anthony Davis didn't make all the right moves or all the moves I would have made, per se, because 
I can't say they weren't the right moves because he got what he asked for, right? But it's moves I wouldn't have made just for professionalism's sake. But let's say Drummond did that. He would be killed in the media. Fans would even be like, it's unprofessional. Shut up and do your job. You're getting paid millions. You sound like a baby. All this. But why is why are teams not held to the same standards? This That's messy. What about the integrity of the game? Owners, you're making a lot of money off of NBA players. The one thing I don't think the general public understands about money when it comes to this league Salary caps are set and based off of profit shares. So as much money as you think the NBA players are making, they're making too much money to play a game. The owners are making just as much, if not more money. No one talks about that side of it. No one does. So if you're going to hold your athletes to this standard based on the money, Why should teams not be held to the same standard? If a player gets messy, he's labeled as messy, a headache, all these problems. You don't want to deal with them. Why not do the same thing for these teams? Cleveland should be fined. Every single game they play and Andre Drummond doesn't play. Why is that? See, every game... You have to put out an injury report. Why do you do that? It's because the NBA wants record of who's sitting out when. Why? It matters for TV revenue. It matters to the fans. And it matters in Vegas. Let's just be honest about it, right? This stuff is very important for a lot of money to a lot of people. And also, when you're selling a perceived product, you have to kind of meet that demand. Andre Drummond is the best player on the Cleveland Cavaliers. You're selling tickets for someone to come and watch the Cavs play. Why would you think it's okay to remove your biggest asset from that? You're taking the biggest equation out of that and saying still come and pay for this product. Not because the product is malfunctioned or the product is injured or any of that. Simply because you want to protect it because you can sell it for more. That's messy. You wouldn't allow it. It's, it's, it's just not allowed reversed. Why? I think players should look at Cleveland and say, you know what, Cavs, you're messy. I don't want to do messy business. Because I, players don't have that right. And again, we're talking money. I know what you fans think. I know what the fans think. You're making millions of dollars. Shut up and play basketball. Owners, you're making billions. Do good business. Do good business. Cleveland Cavaliers, it's messy. Stop. Adam Silver, step in. It's kind of your job, bro. And you've been missing the ball on a few things here lately. It's kind of your job. They are damaging the integrity of the league. That is what you are tasked with protecting. Step in. 
You have no problem stepping in when you think players are out of pocket. Step in. Because that looks messy. Just as messy as what's going on in Minnesota. How do you interview and like interviewing, hiring, all that? There should be a process to this. And if, if there is a process, they definitely broke the rules. And the same way you find people for tampering, if this ain't tamp, that man is a no disrespect to the guy from Toronto that they hired. This ain't no race stuff. Although there's other shows that'll get into that factor of it. I'm not because I don't even care about that at this point. No disrespect to the guy that they hired in Toronto. That man is under contract to be an assistant coach there. You would have had to get. You should have had to. I don't even I don't know what happened. It's just not right. <laughs> there's legitimate ways of doing business. And then there's this. Ain't that what Frank Lucas said? Tango. There's there's legitimate ways of doing business. And then there's this. And this is just messy. It's just messy and it doesn't look good for the league. I'm going to move on, though. I'm going I'm to get off of this. I got me fucking pissed off on a Monday. All right. As we transition here, I want to take some time to congratulate James Harden and uh, Dame Lillard as they were just named Eastern Conference and Western Conference Player of the Week. Now, wouldn't it also be great if we could see them starting in the All-Star game? But that's, you know, hey, another topic for another day, maybe. Maybe. Hey, Luca, right thing to do would be concede that position to Dame Lillard because, you know, <laughs> you know. But anyways, I just wanted to throw that little caveat out there that this whole All-Star starting list is kind of weird. Back to some basketball, though. Uh, Let's talk sleeper teams, right? And... I didn't see this one coming at all because I thought they were just a decent team, but not going to be good enough to win. That is. And that's the Toronto Raptors. Again, they're like, they're doing it again. They're, they're getting healthy. They're getting hot. And the Eastern conference is going to have to be on notice because there's something in the water in Tampa. Cause you know, they're playing in Tampa and, Listen, you don't want to just take that shit lightly and any teams in the playoffs can get it from the from the Raptors. They're that good, especially if they're healthy. Um, Pascal Siakam is looking like he is kind of returning to he got off to a slow start this year, but he's finding his form and Van Vliet is earning his money and Kyle Lowry is just kind of doing what Kyle Lowry does. And this team with a great coach and Nick Nurse. They're here again. And the interesting thing about it is it really opens it up because outside of Brooklyn, everybody's a question mark in the East. There are some good teams. Don't get me wrong. Like, I think Miami's going to get it together and probably not be a contender, but be really, really, really good. Like, you don't really want to meet them in the first round, right? Also, I believe that Indiana is going to be another one of those teams that they're going to get it together and you're not going to want to see them in the playoffs. Brooklyn's the only ones that the only team I think is solidified and Toronto is just that's that's a scary team, man, especially if they're healthy and they're and they're pumping on all cylinders. 
they could upset the Brooklyn Nets in the Eastern Conference Finals. I could, I could 100% see that. Boston is a team that has just underachieved all year to me. I don't know what the fuck is going on in Boston. They look good. They look great. They look poor. They look terrible. Usually it's all in the same night. I mean, yesterday, take what happened with the Pelicans. Up by 24 points. 24-point lead in the second half. End up losing the game in overtime. That's happening a lot in the NBA, by the way. But we don't really know who Boston is. We don't really know who the Bucs are. The Bucs are one of the most frustrating teams in basketball to me because I have said they were fraudulent for two years now. And the more I say it, they'll play great and make me look crazy. And the internet will tell me I'm crazy and I'm hating on Giannis, both of which could be true. But this year, very average, very mediocre team. One night, they look like a team that could win the East. Then for the next four nights, they look like a team that, if the season were longer, wouldn't make the playoffs. It's, they don't have it. And I don't know where they go from here because you are tied to Giannis for the rest of your life. Because <laughs> that's the money you gave him. And that's the contract you gave him, and it's not going to be enough. I tweet every time they play. Hope y'all kept y'all receipt, but that's not something you can return. So they're pretty much out of it for me when it comes to the East. And I think that opens it up for Toronto to really sneak in there and maybe make some noise against Brooklyn, you know? And then out West, West gets interesting to me. Because the Phoenix Suns are a good basketball team. Chris Paul's impact on that team can't be overlooked. But the guy to me that makes them just so much better is Jay Crowder. I said this about Jay Crowder when he was in Miami. Guys like that guy just produce wins, right? The 3 and D guys. You know what he's going to do. He's going to defend the shit out of the ball, and he's going to shoot that three ball, right? And that's what he does, and he does it well. He knows his role. He plays a great role, and he teaches all the other role players how to play a role. Chris Paul is unlocking Devin Booker even more. DeAndre Ayton is turning into a beast. I mean, he's been a beast, but, like, he's moving with more confidence, and Chris Paul is holding people accountable, and accountability matters. We've seen what they, how they finished in the bubble. We've seen the potential. They just had potential with little accountability. Chris Paul is their accountability, and they have answered the call. And so this is a team that, yeah, man, I could see them getting hot and making some noise as well. As it stands today, because we don't know about Anthony Davis's health. This could be a real injury that lingers and lingers and lingers. Or this could be a, let's just rest this man. It's not that big a deal, but let's take the time because we can take the time. All the mileage that's being put on LeBron James right now, just to try to stay afloat while he's out, does concern me a little bit. So the Lakers have some question marks. We spoke about the Clippers question marks. Outside of those two teams, I'm not really 
there's no one else I don't think that the Suns can beat. And I know Utah is a good team. Everybody does. Nobody wants to talk about it just because it feels weird to say, like, the Jazz are legit. But I believe that the Suns could get them. I believe that the Jazz are soon going to regress to the mean a little bit and come back down to earth. Still be a very good team, but beatable? Yes. If the Lakers have the injury problems, beatable? Yep. If the, the Clippers just being the Clippers, beatable? Clearly, we've seen it. So Phoenix is a team out west that I'm really watching because I, I like how they play the game of basketball. And they play a brand of basketball that leads to wins. And I think they're right now, that's my biggest, my biggest sleeper out west. And Toronto's my biggest sleeper in the east. If you can call them a sleeper, because you, you know it's it's a household name, but they started the season off so poorly. So I don't know, man. It's it's been an exciting season thus far, just because we don't know what the fuck's gonna happen night to night. And you know, for the degenerates that have been following my bets, <laughs> nothing is safe. I've seen we've we've laid big big money bets on teams that's been winning by a dub in the fourth quarter. And somehow they end up losing the game. So if you're betting right now, just have some fun with me. You can see my picks daily. I don't know if y'all know this. I'm not good at advertising myself. The Patreon page is getting a reworked per se right now. And so a lot of the content's going there, including my daily NBA bets. Now, I also screenshot the, the my actual tickets. So, you know, I'm actually putting this money up there and not just kind of telling you do this with your money without doing it with mine. But, yeah, if you want to see all of that, just become a patron of the show, man. You're going to get all the content, all the extra content. Um, you're going to get videos. You're going to get a whole bunch of shit. There's a whole bunch of shit over there. Go to patreon.com slash NBA culture. That felt like a commercial. Let's end it on the ad then. Yeah. Patreon.com slash NBA culture. It's the NBA Culture Podcast. I'll be back on Thursday. Was that the 25th? If you enjoy the show, please do me a favor. Share the shit. Tell somebody. Leave me a review. Get at me on Twitter. At Just a Kid from KY on Twitter and Instagram. Follow the show on Instagram at NBA Culture. At NBA Culture on Instagram. I'm Harvey Banks and I'm out.